Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. This is the show where Eskimos fans get all things green and gold from the man who calls the shots. We're just ready to lace it up and go out there and hit somebody and uh, play physical, disciplined football. This is where one empire gets insight you can't get anywhere else. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Now, with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. And good Monday evening to you all. The bye week was not the cure. The misery continues for the Eskimos. A six-straight loss on Saturday at home to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Eskimos now sit at 7-6, and six, tied for third place in the West with Saskatchewan. Uh, up next. Next, the Montreal Alouettes on Thanksgiving Day in Montreal. To talk about all things Eskimos, as usual, head coach Jason Moss joins us tonight. Uh, Jason, let's start with uh, the news of the day today, and that is uh, the trade made this morning or announced this morning with the Hamilton Tiger Cats acquiring running back C.J. Gable for two negotiation list players. Why was the trade needed? Well, we had Trayvon Van go down in our game, and that left us with you know, two two tailbacks on our team with not a whole lot of experience. And we're coming down to crunch time late in the season. Um, and we had the opportunity to go out and get a guy who's been an all-star, played in great cups, a guy that uh, I think everyone knows in this league for his blocking ability, his running ability, his catching the ball out of the backfield. So I think he's a proven back. And I think more than anything, he adds depth to our, our football team in that position. Um, you know, um, and like I said, with Trayvon going down on this previous game, we don't know how long that's going to be for. But uh, it's crunch time now, and we needed to go out and find ourselves a, a guy that's been there and done that. I still have a lot of faith in Ladarius, uh, and Ladarius will be ready uh, if needed down the stretch. But uh, when you have the opportunity to go out and get a guy like C.J. Gable, I think you make the move. Uh, Gable is a good all-round back. He's got pretty decent numbers in Hamilton, a team that doesn't run the football a lot. First he can be probably more effective on a more run-friendly football team, can't he? Yeah, I mean, I think you, what you saw against Toronto uh, with them giving him more carries and different types of uh, carries, you know, a lot of counters, a lot of power, uh, some inside zone, um, which you don't ne- necessarily see from every team in our league, but those are definitely, you know, runs that a running back, when he's a good running back, can make happen. So uh, the more running back gets carries, the, the better flow and he gets into the game and the more productive he's generally going to be. Um, I think that's the case with CJ, and I think a lot of people would always look and wonder, you know, when you play against him, why he doesn't get more touches. But obviously, you know, Kent's always had a reason, and he's been successful as a call play caller in Hamilton. So, but you know, you always wondered, you know, it'd be you'd, you'd wonder why. But uh, we're thankful that he's he's here now, and maybe we can see 
the reasons why we should feed him the ball more. You referenced Saturday night, 18 carries, 157 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. So, uh, obviously, he's got it in him. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's a five-year vet, a guy who knows the league pretty well. A real good at pass protection, too. That's always been one of his calling cards is he's, he's good standing in back there. Yeah, watching him uh, do his thing last game, you know, they, they asked him to stay in there for pass protection purposes quite a bit. And, uh, you know, he was chipping his way out, hitting D linemen. Uh, left and right, and anytime you needed to block a backer, you could do it. So, you know, we've seen that out of him for years now. And like I said, he's a proving guy, much like a John White is. I mean, he looks like he really enjoys that physical part of football um, and that responsibility. Uh, in his career, I think it's 5.8. This year, 6.3 yards per carry is his average. How much does that help when the offense is in a little bit of a funk to have a good solid run game that can just kind of chip away and just help you just kind of regroup a little bit? Well, I mean, I think anyone who watches play early in the year when we were feeding our running backs quite a bit, you know, and the games weren't out of hand early, you know, that's one thing we like to have is our backs involved in the game. And anytime you have a back who's been there, done it, uh, to CJ's capabilities... I mean, you feel like that's going to definitely help uh, help the cause. Um, I think he's a versatile back. I think he's, like I said, he's able to come out of the backfield and catch the ball and, and do different things that, you know, complements our offense. But to be able to give him 15 to 20 carries in a game, I think is doable. And I think he would be the type of back that could carry that load and, and shoulder that load. It's been part of the story for your team this year. He'll be the fifth starting running back for you this year when he gets in. It's, it's only, you know, game 14 coming yeah, up. Yeah, and I mean, when people talk about offenses, that's not what you definitely want. You want a guy that's been in there and been out there all year. I mean, that's continuity on offense is one of the most integral parts about being of being successful. Um, we've had a revolving door at left guard all year. We've had a revolving door at receivers. We've had a revolving door at running back. So, um, you know, that's... It's not a recipe for success generally, but yet we've somehow moved the ball very efficiently. You know, we've, I think we're third in league in scoring on offense, but, you know, we know that we're very close to exploding on offense too. I mean, when I watch the film, I mean, there's very little things that I don't think are, are done well. It's just at op- inopportune times, guys take turns making mistakes and it keep us from scoring more points than, than we've been. That's probably one of the biggest things about your team right now is you're having trouble scoring the points when you need them, but you have so many weapons and you have so many players who are so good at what they do offensively, but it's just not hooking up for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing to, you know, it'd be nice to just keep the same lineup for a week or two and try to get some gelling going on and, and, and whatnot. I mean, and again, it's not any one person screwing it up. It's a variety of mishaps that happen along the way. Um you know, I think as as a whole, our team's not playing very good complementary football. You know, when our defense is playing well, our offense isn't tight, quite going. When our offense is playing well, you know, something else is happening. You know, so you know we're just, you know, it'd be nice for one full game that we all play well together for a stretch of minutes uh, to see what we can start doing. Um, but no question, I mean, we can play better, and that's kind of the message this week is for everybody to worry about their job first and foremost and stop bickering about everybody else's do your job everyone becomes a uh, expert when things aren't going well because they all want to fix it but they always point out stuff that other people can be doing better instead of their own jobs and i think that's uh human nature but it's also something that's real and something that you got to squash and make sure guys are just paying attention to their own stuff because there's enough blame to go around, I can assure you, on our football team for the last six weeks. Why we haven't won is not any one person. It's a variety. 
and uh, it's going to take everyone doing their own damn job a lot better in order for us to get out of it. It's kind of funny. Football is often called the ultimate team sport, but it probably becomes more of a team sport if you worry about yourself more. and just Like you say, just do your own job, and if everybody's doing their thing, it's all going to mesh together. There's no question. I mean, football is all about doing your own job. Mm-hmm. Believing that your teammate next to you is going to do his job and understanding scheme and why you're doing something. So when you have people that are going in that you know, are being thrust into positions. Maybe they don't know the whole thing because they haven't been had the experience. That kind of plays in plays into certain things. But then once you start losing, there's guys that want to start, or there's nature takes over where you start wondering why it's happening. You start looking at every little piece instead of inwardly focusing on what you can do. And I think it's easy to hear all the noise that's around you. Sometimes it's it's hard to quiet and 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 get better. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we have to focus on this week is get better. All of us get better. And that first starts with inwardly looking at what you can do and then focusing on your job and being the best you can on every single play because ultimately these games have been coming down to the last three weeks and really the last six weeks, we've played the best four teams in the league back to back to back to back to back to back. And we have stuck in those games uh, the last three in particular, where one, two plays can determine the outcome of those games. So when you talk about doing your own job the whole game, all it takes is one mishap to screw the whole game up. So at the end of the day, you know, worry about yourself, worry about your job, understand what your guy next to you is going to do, and understand the scheme, and then everything usually takes care of itself from there. Did you have the feel a little bit on Saturday night? I know we were talking up in the booth about the fact that the game was kind of setting up like some of the games in the first seven. Uh, you're down by two. You got the ball. You're going to move. And in, in the first seven games, you always got the touchdown when you needed it at that point. Uh, this time it was the pick six. And there's the mistake you're talking about that happens. And I mean, I mean the first seven games, you're always getting the play. The last six games, you're always getting the mistake. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So, I mean... I- is there a magic formula for stopping it? No. I mean, that's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. It's it's really inwardly looking and trying to get better and and understanding the the, the mistakes that have been being made. I mean, Mike and I have looked at that play a hundred times since then, and we're trying to correct his technique because when I go back to watching him play throughout the year, he's made that same throw, missing it just a little bit inside, and it finally caught up to him and bit him. But I can show you two plays early in that game, he misses the same place, and it doesn't hurt him as much. I can show you watching the Montreal tape this week of us playing in week two where he misses three of them inside. And playing quarterback and throwing an out route to your left is not the easiest throw in the world. So there's always an occasion that's going to happen. But I can assure you what we're going to work on this week in practice is to make damn well sure that Mike opens his hip a little bit, his shoulder a little bit, and his his front foot a little bit more to overcompensate for... um, for that and uh you know but you know two-point play we have you know it's a two-point game 21-19 and you know we have a two-point play where we have a little bit of a mishap and don't quite get the ball off and that's a 21-21 game there if we if we go ahead and make that you know so you can go and look at many of plays throughout the game that can certainly uh make the difference in a game it's never usually just one play it's usually a combination of them obviously that pick six is (laughs) that's a glaring one and one that probably everyone will remember, Mike included. But, you know, even with that, there were still other opportunities in the game where, you know, we can play better and and not let it come down to that. 
You talk about going back and watching and picking up those little things. Does it just drive you crazy right now when you're so close, but those mistakes yeah, are Yeah, I mean, you? at the end of the day, when I talk about guys' human nature taking over, the only thing that's going to cure that is winning. And so we can be as positive as we want. We can work as hard as we want and work on getting better and working on the details till we're blue in the face. And you could do a great, you could have a great game and still lose one. And what's the result? It's the same. Yeah. So, you know, we need to win a game <laughs> at the end of the day. But I, I don't want to focus on just winning. I want to focus on every single moment of every single day trying to get better. And I feel like if everyone can do that, the results will follow. But, yes, it is frustrating. It's frustrating as hell watching, you know, each game slip by. And it's it's great, good, great teams we're facing. And I feel like we're right there with them. And uh, we just can't get over the hump against them. And, um, but I believe that the the results are coming and going to come. It's the Eskimos Coaches Show with Eskimos Head Coach Jason Moss, 745 in Edmonton. Uh, we'll take a break and be back with more on the Eskimos Coaches Show on 630 Chet. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. Now, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Uh, we are back with the head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos, Jason Moss, with us uh, in the studio. Uh, I put out uh, on Twitter earlier today, anybody had some thoughts and some questions possibly for the coach, and I, I got a real good one here, Jason. I want to bounce off you. Um, as a player, you worked it out on the field when things weren't going well. As a coach, you have to let your players do it. How do you deal with the differences there? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you do. As, as a as a player, it's easy to talk through things, and you're the ones going out and executing plays. So you see, have it from a different perspective. When things aren't going well, it's like, you know, that's when I talk about inwardly looking. It's like first you got to look to see what you're doing. Do you understand what you're supposed to be doing if you're doing something wrong, and why why we are asking you to do that as a coach? And so as a player, sometimes it's hard to to see the big picture. They kind of narrowly focus just on themselves, which I'm asking them to do. But part of that, what I asked them to do was do your job, believe the next guy's going to do it, but you have to understand what we're trying to do as well. And I think that all comes uh, tenfold when, when, when things are going well. When things aren't going well, you start second-guessing things or start looking at things to get better. It first starts with that. So as players, you know, you do it together, and the best ones do it by doing that, by looking at film and watching it together and saying, hey, or coming off the sidelines, watching the iPad and talking and saying, this is what we saw, this is what, this is what we didn't do well, and figuring it out. They don't blame each other. They don't do anything. It's all about that. And then as a coach, I mean, it's all about us trying to figure out why our players aren't doing the right things or why we're losing. Is it scheme? Is it something we're not coaching? I mean, we look, we inwardly look too. Is there things that we can do better? Are there things that I can coach better? Is it things that, as a whole, can we preach things differently? You know, do we are we putting the right guys in the right spots? So, I mean, it's a little bit different dynamic. We both have our responsibilities as a player and a coach. I'll, at the end of the day, it comes down to trusting one another and knowing we both have different jobs. And a lot of football comes down to, like I said, do your job, trust that the other guy's going to do his. Uh, you mentioned earlier you uh, spent some time watching video with uh, with Mike Riley. Uh, where's his game at right now in your mind? I think it's very. Uh, he's playing at a very good level. I mean, the last game, if he plays like he played last game, the rest of the year we'll win a lot of games. That's my belief. I mean, he graded out very high. You know, he had 
a couple errant throws um, that are going to happen in every game. But the way he moved moved around in the pocket, the way he moved his feet, the way he listened to his feet, found receivers. You know, Winnipeg's a good defense. They moved, they they took some our number one reads away, or two reads away, or three, and he got to his third and fourth guys a few times. You know, when it was there, he hit it. You know, are there throws that he'd like to have back? Absolutely, that's every game. But the and the toughness he shows always in the pocket. I mean, I think he's playing well, and I mean, he's given us a chance to win every game this year and uh, you know I know there's two games that everyone will look to the SAS game and the Calgary game first half of that Calgary game at their place where it was tough to win you know no matter who was playing quarterback at that point uh, but the other 11 games we've played the guys played at a pretty damn high level and uh, I fully expect him to continue that and like I said I thought this game was one of his best games as far as operating the offense how we want it operated getting through his progressions, learning, listening to his feet extremely well. His drops were so good this game. And those are little things we've been working on him, working with him this whole year on. And he's gotten better. And it's hard to correct things during the, during the year. But he's done a, such a tremendous job of, of working on it. And this next offseason is going to be another offseason where he's going to have to put in a lot of work. But, you know, I fully expect him to play at a high level the rest of the year. Defense is pretty good, especially in the first half. Aaron Grimes looked very excited to be back, made some plays. Talk about what you saw in him and what you can expect from him the rest of the way. Um, obviously, the second or third series, he creates a fumble by hitting a guy. He's he's aggressive around the ball. Um, you know, the one touchdown that was scored on him, I mean, he's right there in great position. The guy, Matt, Matt makes a great, ca- uh, great throw, and Clarence Denmark makes a great catch, I believe. And... Um, you know, he has the other one late in the game where he jumps up and just mistimes it and just goes over his head, but it's enough to distract the guy from getting it. But to play your first game at a new position, boundary half, which is one of the hardest positions in the CFL to play, and that's a quarterback concluded, I think it was a tremendous job. I mean, to be here that short time, to be able to communicate, step in, play the whole game, I thought it was a very good job, but I know he's only going to get better and more comfortable. And you just mm-hmm. love his attitude. He's a, he's a hard worker. He's he's uh, you know easy to talk to. I think easy to get along with for the guys. I think he's very positive. I think he's a he's a good leader in that sense. And uh, like I said, I think he played an outstanding game. And I know he's only going to get better. Alouettes are uh, three and eleven. You have them a week today on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, despite the record, not an easy game. I'm I'm sure they're a tough team. That's a tough place. Traditionally, for the Eskimos to play and win, uh, just talk about going into Montreal and what you have to do to be successful. Yeah, I mean we've had we faced the same problem before, coming off a team that just got whooped by Calgary. I mean we played Hamilton at our building after that same thing happened and it became a tight game. So, I mean you're right. I mean Montreal is a good football team. Their record isn't very indica- indicative of it. Uh, they still have veteran players that have been used to success that are still playing at a high level. Uh, Bowman's playing as good as any DN in our league. I can assure you that from watching the film the last few days, you know, he still gives the offensive lineman problems. Um, you know, so we'll have to go in there and play really good football, and that's our focus. Like I said, I, I want us to focus on ourselves and getting better and playing really good football. And I think if we do that, we have a great chance. Um, but anytime you go on the road, it's always difficult. There's a lot of things that are not in your favor, and we just got to sidestep that. But we have a winning record, I believe, or at least, you know, we're even on the road or whatever. So, you know, we're a good road team. I know that. So I think we'll we'll be just fine. That defense uh, gave a lot of points, but they got a lot of veteran guys who make plays for sure. So it's uh, 
Yeah, I mean, again, and then it's kind of the old the old thing with when you change coordinators, you don't know what they're really, mm -hmm. you know, what's what have they put in, what have they installed, have they had enough time to get their points across, their coaching points across. Each week you think the defense is going to start playing better or different. You know, same thing with our offense, with Calvillo calling it, I believe, you know, or whoever's there, Miller, I mean, influencing it. You just know that the voice is going to start getting heard better and better, and at some point they're going to, you know, probably start playing better football. It's our jobs to go in there as a team that's been together now, who has the weapons, who has the schemes, um, and go out there and execute. And it's a, we need to win a game I mean, at the end of the day. So you're gonna see a hungry football team that wants a win uh, and a team that needs this victory. 10.30 for the countdown to kickoff. Noon for the kickoff. The Eskimos and the Alouettes one week from today on Thanksgiving. That's the show for tonight. Thanks, Coach. Have a good week. Thank you. Talk to you next week. Uh, that's the Eskimos Coaches Show for tonight. My name is Morley Scott. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.